Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Process Puddles. My name is Dan Morgan, joining you as always. Process Puddles is proud to be a part of the Underground Sports Philly Podcast Network. You can find all things Underground Sports Philly on Twitter at UndergroundPHI. Thank you to everybody for listening who has been tuning in for the past couple episodes as we continue our Sixers season prediction and preview series. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. We are on social media, including Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped. You can find us on all of those platforms at Process Potables. As far as some upcoming events that we have, on October 23rd, we'll be broadcasting live from the Wells Fargo Center parking lot for the Sixers home opener. We expect to be there probably from about 5.30 to 7 p.m., give or take. We're working on some things to give away, having some guests, and everything like that. Once we have more confirmed, we will let you know on future episodes and via social media. On November 1st, we will be live from Flying Fish Brewery in Somerdale, New Jersey from 4 to 6 p.m. for a little Friday happy hour. So come by, enjoy some of the great beers from Flying Fish Brewery, say hi, and hit us with your Sixers questions. This is the third episode in our series previewing the upcoming Sixers season, and we are joined by a very special guest for this one, Jimmy McCormick of ESPN. You can find a lot of Jimmy's articles on ESPN, many of them having to do with fantasy basketball or football or regarding anything Philadelphia sports. You can find Jimmy on Twitter at underscore Jimmy McCormick. That's J-I-M-M-Y-M-C-C-O-R-M-I-C-K. Really enjoyed talking to Jimmy. Throws a lot of numbers out there for anybody who's driven by that. It was a lot to keep up with him, and he also had his two labs with him that definitely were upset that we took some time out of his schedule, but we appreciate it. It was a great conversation, so we won't waste any more of your time. We'll get right into the interview with Jimmy McCormick of ESPN. All right, joining me now is Jimmy McCormick of ESPN. You can find him on Twitter at underscore Jimmy McCormick. The underscore, very important. I almost missed it. Um, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, what's going on? It's part of the brand, bro. You know, the <laughs> underscore. Like, uh, there's a Jimmy McCormick who, like, tweeted once in 2012 and was like, what's up, Twitter? And that's his only tweet. So, like, <laughs> so I had, to, I had to go underscore. So, but, uh, you know, honestly, I'm just like everybody else right now. Uh, I'm anticipating this this season. It's, I, I'm, uh, I was born in 80. I'm an older guy. But, like, I, uh, this is the most exciting, like, like build up to a season, a sexual season I've ever encountered. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's so much hype for every little thing. It, it gets dissected uh, with such ferocity and intensity uh, by everybody, including myself and, and everyone else who uh, decided they were going to be an asshole and start a podcast at the same time. Uh, but here we are. <laughs> um, why don't you tell people who don't know exactly like what you do at ESPN a little bit about, uh, you know, like what you write about and everything. Yeah. I apologize if there's a lot of like panting behind me. I have two like labs, like no, we're dog friendly. So, so as long as we're dog friendly pod. Um, yeah. So I do a daily fantasy article uh, during the season. It's not always about daily fantasy, but it's a, it's a, it's an article that's done about fantasy daily. And, and really it's a recap of the night that was in the NBA. We also run it on ESPN on like standard content because I basically just discuss who was the best before, who were the best performers, who was efficient, blah blah blah. But more importantly, like that makes me watch twenty five to thirty hours a week of NBA. Um, so it's great. I'm a, like a NBA like nerd, and I basically live for getting off like like bad NBA jokes. 
I love it. That's uh, that that that's gonna fit perfectly well in this podcast. Um, that makes me think of, of something I didn't have down here, but I want to ask you. Um, so I'll actually start with this rather than what I plan to. So I mean, I think the Sixers starters. I, I'm not a huge fantasy basketball guy. I've, I've played like sure. a year, but it's still it's all about stats anyway, right? So it, it, yeah. I I think I think fans can get it because it's about like exactly. It, it, you can approximate what you think about fantasy football. It's the same idea. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm terrible with things that are more than once a week. That's why football is nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a grind. Um, it, it, it's it's fantasy. It's fantasy baseball for cool kids. <laughs> I won fantasy baseball the only year I did it, and I decided I was never doing it again because I won and I was out. But, there you go. So the the five Sixers starters, I'm sure, are 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 very you know highly touted people in fantasy. Even Josh Richardson, who who's I guess between him and Horford, maybe they're both kind of down there. But I'm sure they're all like very regular yes. draft people. Like yep. in, a, in a fantasy sense, like who might be like an outlier sleeper kind of person on the Sixers bench. See that's difficult because the like I think there's going to be such a consolidation of like important minutes to like the main guys and then it'll fracture between the bench. Like I'm not sure there's even going to be one compelling 25 minute bench guy. You know, yeah. I think the most like like I just think there's going to be too much splintering of usage and minutes and shots, which will be a good thing in the real basketball sense and a poor thing for NBA. Like I don't think there's an actual six man, you know, for this team. It, it like like so like Mike Scott would get the most minutes but he in like a in a like everybody shoots threes now in the NBA. So in a sea of, of three point shooters, and he doesn't have enough defensive rates to like kind of make up for not playing enough minutes. So long story short, there's nobody that kind of sexy from a statistical sense. But like you said, it's just kind of like the Sixers are either t- they're not top heavy in the sense, but they used to, they're just consolidated. Like Josh Richardson, right? Um, like one of the better steal rates in the league. He shot four point six uh, catch and shoot three pointers last year per game made them at 39%. Jimmy Butler shot 1.5 per game. So, I mean, it's just like you're thinking a much – like if you want to just think about fantasy, they're also much different players. But I'm just saying like I think Josh will fit into this scheme and be demanded to inflate that number to like maybe seven. Like he shot six and a half threes per game last year. He didn't shoot more than seven threes. So, like I don't think there's a ton of profit, for example, in in Embiid or, or, or Simmons because like you said, there's such known commodities. And yeah. even Tobias is in the top like in a, in like in a roto draft which is rotisserie or a categories league. I'm getting too nerdy, but long story short, Tobias Harris is like a top thirty player just as he is in fantasy as he is in the NBA. Like he's in it's it's kind of approximating his real value. But Horford's the only guy that I really wouldn't want to draft. I love him. He's he's gonna have clean numbers, but I think his sacrifices he'll be a better real player than fancy player. But I think the other four starters, they're gonna be studs. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, all right, moving on to strictly basketball in the in the real sense, not the yes. fantasy sense. So I guess technically it's still all kind of no real. Wizards, yeah, no, no. And, yeah. and also a lot of fantasies probably. Uh, oh, yeah. Everybody else I started out on a negative note because Philadelphia loves to be negative, but we kind of sure. started out talking about how great all five starters are. So I guess it's nice to flip the switch a little bit. But now I got to throw you into the negative. Yeah. What What is your biggest concern for the Sixers going into the season? Biggest concern? Um, it's cliche, and it's the same concern everybody has, but it is just like late-game creation. But but I'm, I'm not concerned about like who's going to do it. I think I know who's going to do it. it. It's just that I hope they can do it. Um, like – like I think Joel is going to be turned, like is going to have a lot of responsibility in crunch, um, but I'm not even sure. Like maybe I'm going to like parse that. Like maybe I'm too cocky right now. I don't have like an incredibly extreme concern, but it probably would be that. It would be the hero ball moments because they do happen, and there is a reduction of that moment. But I also think 
that we're just gonna like the team will just have such a brutal defense uh, and just such a, a chaotic defense that maybe some of that stress will be offset in the sense that like um, they're not going to have their Kawhi, but they're going to have their system. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you if you want to go ahead and be just brash and arrogant on all these questions, believe me, that's a lot well, of what this podcast is. Like, I don't have a ton of like. It sounds yeah. crazy, but like I feel really good about this team, and I guess like let me rephrase that. Like I think like every year there's a trope about every NBA team. There just has to be because you have to have a concern and you have to have a positive. Like when you talk about a team, so right. like last last year the trope was where's Marco and where's their son. It seems like a million years ago, but that's all we heard. And then once the season started, the trope became like Fultz and Ben and Ben and like all that stuff. Like all that stuff is true, true. But like we just run that as the only story. And this year, if you hear punditry, the story is they lost shooting, they can't shoot, and who's their closer? Like even like good writers like are writing who's their closer, and it's true. Like they lack usage. But I also think at, I work I deep like I like to like be a nerd with data like. I guess philosophically, like Jimmy was a closer and he was an actual closer in the real sense. But like, if you look at the possession sense, like the Sixers didn't win their games or lose their games per se. They didn't put it this way. They definitely didn't win a lot of games because Jimmy was a hero ball guy. Right. Like, like, and actually his usage and possession consumption wasn't as high as people think. What I'm trying to say is the games they won, they won like through like the team dynamic and the defensive dynamic and the other dynamics. It wasn't because they had some great Kobe Bryant hero guy. So I'm just trying to say like, I think it's overplayed. A little bit. So that's my main concern, but it's not to the degree that I think the public might have or that the punditries might have because I don't think it's this main thing where, like, it's just so easy to reduce it. Like, who's your Kobe or who's your Jimmy? And it's like, well, yeah, we don't have that guy right now. But, like, Josh Richardson was 30th in the league last year at initiating pick and roll plays, like, among everybody. And he wasn't the most efficient, but he was league average. He averaged 0.96 uh, points per possession on those plays, like, created. And so it's like, He's a good player, and I just think yeah, you get to like, play with better players now. Yeah, and I just think there's a Toby, a Tobias thing that's going to happen where there's just I think you're going to get more of that Clippers efficiency. We're going to get back to that like high fifties and true shooting, you know, which is like a you know like a a measure of shooting efficiency from all three levels. And like he's just clean a clean scorer. I just think the fits better this year. I think the the shoe fits better this year, and and I think. Um, if anything, the concern – put it this way. I'm wrong. I'm going to pivot. My biggest concern is health, and it's, it's, that's the trope. But that's just real because every NBA team gets hit with with, with the chaos, exactly, chaos yeah. of injuries. So that would be my actual just outburst, like fear that I can't contain. But I actually – I'm not sure I have a ton of fears about how they're going to play basketball. The more you talked about it, um, I actually think – if, if we're going on like a sheer brash and arrogance kind of angle, it, it could be interesting that I'm not as worried about end game, like offense as some people. And I think that between Tobias and Joel and just general coaching and playmaking, they can get by with that. But I wonder now that we're talking about it, if like, they're just not going to get that many opportunities to do it in the regular season. And that might be my biggest fear is that they go so easily through the regular season and don't get to work on a lot of clutch situations. Uh, no, and they're not funny. prepared for it in the playoffs when it will happen no matter what. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's just there's like here's the thing. There's just so many games. Yeah. <laughs> like 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 even the really good teams like you know, like even like Steph Curry is like dribbling the ball down in Chicago in in like February. Like like you know, like winding the clock down and like taking game winners. Like it's just it's just there's so many games. It's yeah. like 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 there's 82 games. So I hear you. Um that would be like one of those good problems. Like like you'd have to learn other ways to execute, but um I like I I just think that yes like that'd be another thing too is like gelling and finding it all and like 
balancing because isn't this the first time that we actually can like trust some level of continuity, right? And some level of like chemistry to develop. So um, I want that to happen. And I agree with you, like that we need those moments, those like challenging moments to unearth some of these lessons. But I just think that's going to happen because like, yes, the East is weak, but the games that do matter are going to really matter. Like those, those, those bucks games are going to feel like playoff games. Oh, absolutely, and, and, and pretty much any Western premier game is going to because like we have to take. And I also, I think, I think, uh, I think the teams are coming for us now is going to be a little bit of a different feeling. Like that's that's a great point, actually. You know, so that's it's like really it's not it's point. yeah, like it's 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 the sh- it's a little different now. All right, uh, the next one I have. So we actually kind of lumped two of them together. So I'll skip one. The next one would be uh, a positive narrative that is likely to develop this season around the team. Um, well, one, just like, I think the joy that you're seeing, like these dudes seem like they're having fun. Um, that's a cool positive narrative, but I think the biggest narrative is going to just be, um, these dudes want to take your lunch money. Like we're the bullies and that's, and I know it's like, but like, that seems like a weird positive, but it's Philly and yeah, exactly. it's going to be, it's going to be beautiful. We're like, they're going to have like 35 sandwiches in their locker. So they're going to buy but, into the bad boy, tough guy role. They already did. I mean, like the whole mentality. Like I was on a show last year with Brian and 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 Blevins, and I was screaming about bad boys. That was like October. Like, <laughs> l- l- like what? Because Joel's a bad boy, and Ben's a bad boy, and yeah. like, like they want to mush you. Like physical f- basketball still matters. Like NBA basketball, especially when you see it up close, and I'm sure we all have. Like when you see it live, like these dudes are. It's a physical sport. Like I'm not trying to say it's football. I'm just trying to say it's a grind, and it's like it's like these are huge, fast men. Like the like the Smash Mouth thing. Like what I'm trying, like there's a lot of like there's a lot of like sayings and cliches in training camps and stuff. But like what Brett said there was completely true. Like they're gonna smack you in the mouth. Yeah, that's what they're gonna do. Like my, well, see, I grew up my first like regular season games that I really grew up on. Like my like was like 87, 88. Like I was like seven, eight years old. Like. The, the 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 Johnny Dawkins, Hersey Hawkins, Sixers in the eighty nine, like ninety, like they were the division, they were the Atlanta Division champions. They won fifty four games. Like I remember that game. Like Charles Barkley got robbed of the MVP. He got left off the ballot. He averaged twenty nine points and thirteen rebounds and four assists that year. Um, he like th- those Sixers were dope, and they beat the shit out of you every <laughs> night. Like they literally, they literally like 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 Charles walked off the court with your watch on him, like. <laughs> Like, like, and that's what I think this Sixers team is going to do. Like, I don't know if you remember, one of my favorite quotes was during that 16 game winning streak in 27, in the spring of uh, 2018. And, you know, like the, the playoff run, right? Yeah. And when they won 16 games in a row, Jameer Nelson told Ben Simmons, like, why don't you guys slow down? This is terrible. Like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, stop it. Slow down. And like after the games, Jameer Nelson like was on with like Devon Givens or somebody like that, and was like, "I've never seen anything like it." Like they, it was like somebody pressed turbo. And I think there's gonna be a lot of opportunities to do that this year. Like wh- what I'm trying to say is, we're like the, the Sixers are gonna challenge teams in unique ways and leave their imprint. So my positive narrative is their thumbprint's gonna be all over your face. Yeah, and the nice part about that too is, even though I think the bench overall is you know average at best, they fit that mold too. Like there's That's really exactly no, they got dogs. Yeah, there's really no dynamic change between the guys that come off the bench in that nope. in that regard, which is no. There's a and, and so there's a buy-in. So that the greater theory or the greater philosophical thing that I would like that I appreciate is there is a philosophical buy-in, and I think last year it was impossible to have one because 
it was like just such a hodgepodge. You know, like you can't define what dinner is if it's like seven different meals. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, I agree with you. The next one I have is one bold prediction for the Sixers. This can be uh, for the team as a whole or just for a specific player. Um, they will have at least three players, at least three Sixers will make the top 10. Like they'll make, they'll make the, the first or second all defensive teams. Okay. So they'll, pre- they'll represent 30% of the defensive teams. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask you about that later. So remember that. <laughs> yep. Uh, Season win total, uh, at least mainly the number I kind of see it hovering around on, on, on books in Jersey is 53 and a half over yeah. or under 58. They're going to win 58 games. 58. Okay. Wow. A lot, a lot of people that have been on have, have basically said they think it's closer to 60, which yeah, 58. Which yeah. Scares the hell out of me, but well, I, I think they're going to peel back a little bit at the end. I actually think they're going to like, like, I'm not saying like they're going to be cruising to 58. I'm just saying like, yeah, I think that's even going to be with like them. They're not going to chase 58. Like it's going to, it's going to just happen to them. Okay, I like it. Uh, number of Sixers who make the All Star game. Two. Ben it's still going to be a two man thing. Yeah, like it's just I don't think Tobias makes it. I think it's close, um, but he's the third candidate. Like, like, like Horford's yeah. not going to do it. But I think I, th- I think there's a chance. I think Ben and, and not they're not locks at all. I mean, Embiid's a lock, but um, I just think like Ben's almost a lock. Like I, I just think like it's a. It's, I'm fine with two, but that's my prediction too. Like, and I and I but but I but you know what? I almost want that because I want Sixers Twitter to like hate somebody that like didn't that like I want Sixers Twitter to like hate Andre Drummond or something random like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's not they don't already, but, but you know what I mean. It's just like find a new nemesis because like we're yeah. gonna need things to do. You know, but the, but the way they love this team and especially if they're up there at the top of the East, I mean, I I have a feeling that that if the Sixers, three is possible, Twitter will find a way to hate people no matter three, what. And three is possible, but I just think like people don't understand like it's three is like more rare than people think. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. One team, yeah, yeah. Uh, who is the second leading scorer on this team? Tobias Harris. He's going to average twenty three point six points. Oh my god. Okay. I think I had asked somebody like two weeks ago whether they thought. I think I set the over under. That's a little high. 20, 20, it's twenty two ish. Oh, it's over, over, over. It's going to be but, over twenty two. It's going to be over twenty two. Just because, honestly, if you just adjust, like I just, I'm, I'm a again a fantasy nerd. But if you just like adjust. Just by pure like his Clippers usage rate or his Clippers like opportunity rate, and you replicate it here, like put it this way: there's a demand on the team end for it, and there's a an absolute interest for the player, meaning to consume it, right? So the right. player wants more touches, and the team has them. Like it, it's there's if you want, you know what his usage rate is going to be: 180 million dollars. <laughs> like, like that's his use. Like, so like meaning the commitment has been made like i think like the, the cast right. has been like I, I just think that there's and i think that number sounds surprising to people but if you actually take his percentage leap in scoring every single year of his career like the last four years it would actually just um, what i mean by that is if he just naturally was adjusting his scoring like he has been his whole linear not linear but like his whole growth mm-hmm. it would be like 22.5 points just because that's what he does yeah. every year he adds he adds a couple points every year because he's a, a 27 year old guy he see Tobias throws you off because he talks like your uncle at a jazz concert, but he's 27 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, this is one that a lot of people have laughed at so far. Which number is greater, Ben Simmons triple doubles or Ben Simmons threes made? Um, threes made. Threes because made. Because he's going to have 17 triple doubles, and he's going to have like 31 threes. Okay. 
17 triple doubles is awesome. I'll be happy with that. I don't even give a damn about the threes. I think he had like 11 or 12 as a rookie. Like, it's going to happen. He's going to yeah. do it again. Oh, yeah, it's not It's not out plus, of the realm. Plus, he's going to have a lot of these, like, just like sweetheart ones. Like, these like these Lonzo joints. Like, these 13, 12, and 11s. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like these sweetheart, like, I'm going to go take a nap. Triple double. <laughs> All right, fair. Uh, you touched on this a little bit, but – we got to circle back. So end of sure. season awards, all NBA team, all defense team. Sure, sure. Who do you think ends up where? Okay. Uh, first team is going to be Ben and Joe. Second team is going to be Josh. Um, Al might make it too. Are you just, are you just talking all defense? All defense. Those okay. are the teams. That's what I mean by teams. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Those are all defensive teams. Um, Joe's going to make all, all first team NBA overall. Ben's going to make third team NBA. And he's gonna get that junior escalator, like not the car, because he 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 wants to buy like Bentleys. But I mean, like the junior escalator in terms of his contract, he's gonna yeah. get that you know that that that, that baby, kicker. that little baby bump. Um, yeah. yeah, the kicker exactly. And defensive player of the year is not gonna be Joel. Um, unfortunately, he's gonna play like 66, 67 games, and they're gonna give it to Gobert because he like, tries so hard. Um, and I'm fine with that. It might even be Draymond, to be honest with you, because he's going to play so many minutes. Yeah, uh, he's going to he's going to average like 33 minutes because he has to, and he can't like start dieting in December. He's like got to do it now. Like he can't be like me, where he's like I'm going to care about my weight. Like you know, like 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 oh yeah, like I did today. Yeah, he's got to do that now. So long story short, um, I think like there's there's like we said there's two all stars. Uh, I don't think anybody wins MVP, but I do think Joe. Here's a good one. Joe finishes second in MVP voting. Okay, behind who? Because that's a, Steph, my other Steph Curry's going to average thirty-five points a game. So okay, and they're going to win like the four seed. He, 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 he you, do you want a good stat about Steph Curry real quick? Yes. Okay, so last year in the two hundred, and I just know this off the head because I researched it earlier, and I'm a nerd. Uh, so in the two hundred and thirty-two minutes he played without KD or Clay on the court last year, he averaged forty-three and a half points per thirty-six minutes. Holy in shit. the in the year before. In 299 minutes, he averaged 45 points. His usage percentage was 45%, which meant he com- he was consuming half of all their plays, and their and their offensive rating was would have led the league except for the Warriors, meaning it was the second best offense except for his own. So he so like he's like I don't think people understand like like how like how that like the the KD thing as much as it was cool for the Warriors and everything, like I don't think people understand like how much of like legacy statistically that Steph actually gave up too. Like I'm just yeah. saying like everybody sacrificed there. He's literally the best scorer in the world. I know that Harden's the best scorer in the world. He's not. Steph Curry is. And Steph Curry is gonna just like just like he, he's gonna just like be crazy. Like he there was some stat last year. Him and David Bertons had the same stat kind of they shot with the same efficiency from corner threes that John Wall shot uh, at the basket. So <laughs> anomalies. I'm actually a Steph guy, and those numbers even blow me away. No, dude, when I looked them up, because like we had to do research for fantasy, like who's your number one pick in, in these leagues? And I was like, oh, all the big men. But all the big men are cool, like the Cats and the ADs and even the Embiid's and the Davises uh, or the, you know, like all the huge names. that we Right, exactly. All the tra- – but none of those dudes are going to put – are going to – I'm not even joking. He might hit 500 threes. <laughs> like – 
He might have five hundred yeah. threes this year. I mean, the only the only fear has to be that usage over the season. Yeah, hurts him, sure, but. sure. But I just you just ride but the yeah, wave. If, if you just, if they just manage him a little bit, well, that's crazy. I just think I think it's gonna be bonkers, and I think he wins MVP. And I think it's like his like, hey guys, like I was always here Obviously, kind of season. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, playoff seed for the Sixers. Uh, the first seed. First seed. Okay, like it. Yeah, and and I just think it's gonna come down to. They're gonna like it's tight. I, I could be wrong just because there's so much shooting on Milwaukee. They're gonna cruise to so many games, but I think the defense thing really does matter. And I do think that we're not accounting enough as like a general public for like the Brogdon George Hill thing. And like like George Hill was like good for a week, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's Brogdon." It's like, nah, he's he's. Oh like, yeah, he, I I had a uh, what's uh, I had Bart Winkler on from Milwaukee's FM Sports Station yeah. Monday and. I, I talked to him a lot about the loss of Malcolm Brogdon and, and really wondering like how they feel up there. And I think they're all trying to downplay it. I think they are. They're not they are. Anything. They are definitely. Good. And uh, I get it though. Cause some, some of it is overplayed. Like he did shoot really slow. Like he's a catch and shoot guy. He's not a, he's not a, like, I think people think he's his creator. He's not, he's not a dribble oh, drive. No. Like shoot. But you want him but, but, Giannis. Right. But like, he's just exactly, he's such a good puzzle piece. And I just felt like it was purely, tax it was like there was no actual philosophical reason you can't tell me that like the asset of getting that first validated like the window that you affected you know what i'm saying like right like or it comes down to you don't yeah or it comes out you don't trust the player but like i don't know i like math like he's really efficient like he's a 50 40 90 guy and those that's a, a, a that's a trope that's like a triple double it doesn't mean as much as it does because like but it does only in the sense that what it means is you're sustaining efficiency over all these different levels. Yeah. And and he, like you said, it's the fit, it's the Boldenholzer thing. He just he just fits so well. Like I think there's a risk there. I think they're playing with fire a little bit. And like I know I'm not trying to be like I actually think Milwaukee is very dangerous. I'm not at all discounting them. My only point is when it comes down to it, who else has to answer the call on that team is going to be like basically Middleton. And I don't trust anybody else in terms of a clutch creation sense. And I just think the Sixers actually have more like like agility within their roster. I mean, and oh, agility. Sure. I mean, not physically, but I mean agility in terms of the ability to say, like tonight you don't have it, but maybe you do. Yeah. And I'm just not sure the Bucks have that. Like, and I think they lost that with Brogdon because Brogdon was one of those dudes who could very easily be the second best guy on the court, not even on his own team, but on the floor that night. He could just he he, he was good enough that he could be the second or third best player in a series if he was hot. And I'm just not sure. And so could Middleton. But my point is, they took one of the guys away. Yeah, I I agree with you on, on all accounts with that. I also don't really buy into their their bench depth at all. I don't think they have anything. After I think it's older. I think I think I think it's good regular season because like right, it's like they're gonna shoot is the idea, right? But I agree with you. Like when it comes down to it, it's like who, who is gonna punch me in the face on this team? Yeah, Nobody. No one. Like we're gonna like be like like Mike Scott's gonna be like have like blood trickling down his face, like laughing, like ah. <laughs> like like come get some Pat Connaughton, like like. You know, I just think, like, I'm just so excited to see how they match up because it's a very identifiable matchup. And we can't always predict everything, but this one does seem a little bit predictable. Like, And, and also, the, the the caveat, the wild card is KD, if he came back in the spring. But who knows? Yeah, you know, who knows? we talked about that, too. Uh, the uh, bar from Milwaukee brought up, like, we were talking about you know teams that could sneak into the playoffs and i said the only one that would scare me would be atlanta i really wouldn't want to see them in like a 1-8 or oh, like God, no we we would just the, the sixers would destroy atlanta got like worse defensively by like three measures 
I, I, I mean, I, mean I'm not, I w- wouldn't think we would lose, but they're the only team I can think of that could be in the bottom half that I would even... It would be the Nets series all over again. They like they might like they might like like bite you in the face. Yeah. Like, they might like like bite your ankle, and then you're just gonna punch them in the face. But, like, but he mentioned if if for some reason the Nets are closer to the bottom and somehow Durant comes back, but I think they they've been pretty clear they're not gonna do that. But you know, and know. even in that, I also just think between Atkinson's system and like Kyrie's being discounted way too much. Like it's ridiculous. Like Kyrie is still a superstar. I don't care what anyone says about the whole he didn't like text everybody on Boston. I get that the Boston thing was really dirty. And it went goofy, but like what I'm trying to say is he's still incredible offensive for he's gonna make your sure. offense better, right? He's he's better than than D'Lo. I don't care right. what he says, he is. Yeah. And so it's a better team. Karis Levert is gonna be healthy the full year. I think they got worse defensively though, because they're gonna be switching out DeAndre Jordan for Jared Allen in a lot of senses. Yeah. I think I think I think Torian Prince is a terrible defender. Um the more I like dug in, like the more I've learned that. Um I don't know. I, I think personnel, when it comes down to it, like that core eight personnel matters. And they're not there yet, and they don't have to be, Brooklyn. Yeah. But right now, I think they're a fun, like, like they're a fun team. But like, like we've been saying, one text, you know, one Woj, one Woj tweet changes everything. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Like, like in March, and he's like, uh, Kevin Durant's retu- planning to return in early April. It's like, okay, guys, <laughs> it's on. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Uh, okay, you have them as the one seed. Uh, how far does Brett Brown have to go to remain the Sixers head coach? Uh, at least to the Interconference Finals. Like, that's a minimum. Like, second round, and he's gone. Um, it's just a fact. Um, the, the Interconference Finals, but it would have to be, like, an absolute battle if you lost it. If he makes the finals, I think almost no, no matter the outcome, they he's back. Um, that sounds arbitrary, but that's just my guess because this kind of stuff is kind of arbitrary, right? It yeah. should come down to if you believe the guy still has the metal to do it in the future as opposed to the recency bias or the confirmation bias you're seeking. But I get it. You need accomplishments, and there's pressure. Um, I just think reintroducing a whole new system maybe not be the best solution either. But who knows? I'm not even giving my take on Brett. I'm giving my my answer. I think he has to make the each conference finals and go deep. But more realistically, he's got to make the finals. Yeah, I mean, this isn't this isn't about my opinion over me there because it's got to be a, no. But what I mean is, it's got to be convincing yeah. to like to the people that matter. It's got to be convincing that like they were a threat like further than they were. So it has to be significant progress from this, and it would have to be something where they felt they felt that like they were just that close again. You know? Yeah. That when I've asked other people, they've basically said, you know, you understand it's an arbitrary question, and that's the thing. So you sure. can say they have to get to the finals, but there's an understanding when you say that that okay. But if they go seven in the Eastern Conference Finals and they lose on a on a buzzer beater, then yeah, that's probably kind of the same thing. But I still, but I still think it's fair to just like to, I'm going to be clean and just say he's got to make the finals, or it's going to get funky. Put it this way: he's got to make the finals, or it's going to get funky. Yeah, I I can get behind like, that. Like 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 it, it could be a real funky week for him afterwards. You know. All right. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals and Western Conference Finals, who do you have in them? Okay. Um, I have I have Denver and the Clippers. You're the first the person West. to not have the Rockets there. Thank you. Yeah, no, I don't have the Rockets there. Um, I think the Rockets are going to be good, though. But but I just think that they're, they're – the trade-off. I think the playoffs, they're good team. I think they're going to be better in the regular season than they are in the playoffs. Because the overlap, like you're like the 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 payoff, right in in the regular season was the Paul payoff that you could stagger them. Uh, you're not going to stagger them in the playoffs. Like they're going to be the court together. Like it's almost like like you know you were saying earlier about how like 
how many opportunities will the Sixer team get to like test that like right. that, that creation metal? Well, I'm gonna wonder how many times will th- that team get tested where they have to full like like over the course of many games like a series have to engage in those two truly working together right like if, if that makes sense yeah, because i think they're going to stagger them as much as they can um in the east it's going to be the bucks and the sixers yeah that one's not fun for anybody everyone says no <laughs> there's nothing fun yeah. there. uh okay finals prediction uh sixers clippers and and the sixers win uh in six games i love it sixers and six of course of course but I actually believe that. Like, I'm not even a hom- like I'm. I am a homer, but I would tell you like last year. There's no way. Like, I wouldn't have said this. Like, I actually believe this. I don't care what people like. I actually <laughs> that's really what I think. Good. Like, I, I like, they're gonna ask me for ESPN this next week for our column. I'm I'm gonna say the same thing. Yeah, there's no cowardice. That's what it has to be. No, I mean, well, it's just because the path is there, the opportunity is there, and I think unless the Clippers make a move or anybody in the West makes an identifiable move to stop what we're gonna do to you which is like punch you and like, we're going to like pull your hoodie over your face and tell your mom, like, like, <laughs> like, like I, what I'm trying to say is like, I don't know who's the bully. Like, like Mont- Montrezl, like Harold, Montrezl Harrell is like, like six, seven, like, yeah, he's going to spare get me. The, yeah. Like just spare me the stuff like, and, and spare me the stuff about like, like Zubak. Like I, all I'm trying to say is nobody's actually saying that. I don't know who I'm sparing. Nobody's talking about Zubak. What am I talking about? But like <laughs> the point is I'm not sure anybody is ready for this heavyweight fight. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think I would favor them. I guess anybody that I would expect to come out of the West, I'd favor them more than I would against Milwaukee. Like I'm more scared of Milwaukee than the Clippers, the Lakers. I'm scared. I don't know about that. I, I, I I'm more scared of Clippers only because um, like Paul George and 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 uh, like like the thing I said before about like the Bucks' second player, like I'm not as scared as like the second player who what they could do. Yeah, Paul George has right? to get there too. Yeah, he's really good. Like I don't buy some of that stuff. I don't like. It's like the Kershaw thing. I don't know. Like I kind of like I get it. Like I get what people are saying, but like the sample's not big enough for me to be like this guy sucks. Like, oh no the, the no no! Sample- I, don't, I don't mean that in a bad. I love Paul George. You I, mean health wise? I mean health wise. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He just. No, he's, I just he's mean, always banging I just mean, like, toward yeah. the end. No, no, you're right. He never makes it, and and like that was the thing that was true for a while with Lowry, even too. Meaning, like he always would wear down. It wasn't the same injury, but like he always looked like yeah. he needed, like he had mo- he looked like he had mono or something. By the end. <laughs> and like probably it was like that he was like eating Kit Kats or something. Probably. But like you know, like I, I'm in that same club. But yep. like my point is, <laughs> my point is, is that like uh, that's the point though, right? It's this 82 game. It's a battle of attrition, and I just think the Sixers are well built for that. They're gonna like I really do think they're gonna run a 10 man rotation. Like they'll tighten it. But it'll be nice. There's gonna be some really smooth nights where they can pull off a win where like only one of the guys has to do something. Right. And um, but the playoffs are gonna be like really brutal. And the Clippers, I think, are like it's it's just, I've never put it this way. Like le- like all the stuff I'm saying about the league, like none of it is tr- I truly believe as like a hard outcome. It's all just what I think. For example, like their polaralities. Like I think there's probably like a I do think there's like a a thirty percent chance though, in, like going in right now in my gut, like a thirty percent chance the Sixers end up with the champion. With a championship, good. Like, like going in right now, and so that's with all the variables. That's a really high percentage. It is. <laughs> all right, uh, that's everything I have. Is is there anything? I mean, you want to spit off a hot take? You have a question for me? Anything? You want to plug anything? I just want. I, uh, I want like I think one thing is I think Sixers Twitter is too worried about um, like other twitters, like, like other fan base he, twitters. 
Yeah, or at least I mean, at least what I see. Like, there's just like too many like battles. Like, like, like let's go battle Heat Twitter for the afternoon and stuff. It's like guys, like no one cares. No, that's like, very real. Uh, Heat Twitter's a big one. Jazz Twitter's a huge yeah, one. Yeah, exactly, exactly, like exactly, like Jazz Twitter. It's like I swear, like, like I've been harassed by those types, and I just like laugh and ignore because like guys, like we have so many problems to talk about ourselves. Like ignore those people. Yeah. Like I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like let's enjoy this. Because like we're we're just the big loud asshole at the bar. It's great. Yep, I, I've spent the last two months making it a a very big point in my life to not be mad online, and that's what I'm trying to say. That you just said it. It's been that's tremendous. It's been that's so good for my health. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, like let's not look for these exchanges where we feel like we won that night. Like we're already winning. Like we have a, yep. a we have a six ten supermodel jawline Australian <laughs> like. Like, like, has a beautiful gray dog, point guard, power forward, Ben Simmons. We have, like, we have a comedian slash prodigy who literally started playing basketball, like, nine years ago. Yep. Like, imagine if you started playing piano nine years ago, and they're like, we need you to open the Grammys tonight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that's basically I, what this guy I, does. I've been playing drums for <laughs> 26 years, and I'm still not good. Yeah, yeah, Axel Rose is like, bro, we need you tonight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like that's basically what a beat is. Yeah. Like, what I'm trying to say is, and so I wrote this thing about real quick. I wrote this thing about fancy rookies, or about rookies in general. But I do have this belief that, like, you know, prodigies don't develop on linear scales. They don't follow your plan. They don't care about your plan. Prodigies show up and deliver when they, when they, when they, when it happens. And so, like, I think people saw Ben as this like ceiling. Um, meaning that he was close to his ceiling is what I'm trying to say, that he was almost a fully developed concept. And I just don't think people understand what's about to happen. And I'm not even talking about the whole shooting thing. I'm just talking like, that's part of it, but I'm just talking about like the whole, like the whole thing's going to flourish. And like, I'm just saying prodigies don't improve. Literally they exponentially improve. And beat exponentially improve. Like a a larger exponential jump at once than a gradual change that happens. Bro, Joel Embiid never took more than nine shots at Kansas. He never scored more than 18 points in Kansas. He's going to score 30 points a game this year. Think about that. I, I've been thinking about it for a while. <laughs> like, like, like what I'm trying to say is like uh, – so I know we're going to go, but like what I mean by this is that like uh, the reason that I'm so excited is because I think that championships are won and like the Warriors thing happened because of obviously anomalies, but really it's because of the overlap of primes. It's when you – it's like it's – like, I covered the Phillies back in the day, like like for like four or five years, and for two years, like hardcore, like every day. And the co like the coalescence and and the and the and the the, the co development and evolution of that core of of Ryan Howard of Utley of of Rollins, but also more than that, it was also Madsen was the same crew and and Hamels and like they had this crew of people who developed into very reliable, not very reliable, like they grew into MVP candidates, and. What I'm trying to say is the reason they won was because the overlap of those powers was so absurd that on any given night, no eighth inning or ninth inning was safe. And that's how this team should be, is that nothing's safe because there's too many of them. And there's too much overlap. And that's how you win championships, is you overlay the risk, right? You're hedging against your risk that this guy's a bad night. And watch the fuck out if they all get it together one night. (laughs) Yeah, they might drop 150. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, uh, you you told me at the beginning of this that you may very well be panting by the end of it, and I think you're almost there. 
No, that's my lab. No. She's truly right here. That, that, well, that's what I was going to say. I said, I think they're also a little bit anxious as well. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. We definitely want to have you back on uh, whenever you want. Uh, I'll definitely hit you up, but hit me up as well. Again, you can find Jimmy on Twitter at underscore for the brand at underscore Jimmy McCormick. You can find all his articles on ESPN. Uh, Jimmy, thanks again. Thank you. All right, take care.